This is episode number 303 with Adam Hendel of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. now, the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Steve Case, Gary Vee, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hey guys, what's going on? Nathan Chan here, CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine. I hope you are doing okay. Your family is healthy and safe and uh, you're working your way through this craziness. Uh, We're just starting to come out of lockdown here in Australia. They've just lifted it a little bit and uh, yeah, we're doing okay, Um, just trying to produce as much content as we can to help serve you guys. So let's talk about today's interviewee. Uh, His name's Adam Hendel. He runs a company called Ballsy. He is in the founder community. He did one of our courses called Start and Scale Your Online Store with Greta Van Riel, where he's had just tremendous success where he's learned Um, through the course how to start and grow his own e-commerce business selling physical products Uh, he's gone full circle now like he had a PR person that randomly pitched us and I was like yeah of course we'd love to hear from Adam Uh, so he's killing it and I he really broke down for me what's working right now uh, everything that he's doing in his physical product business, how he's working through lack of stock, but still kind of keeping up, and also demand. He's been in a fortunate position where his company is on the other side of the table where he's seen an increase in sales. And uh, yeah, really everything that he's doing to lean in on customer demand, subscriptions, inventory, He even talked about how he's using podcast ads, which is crazy. It's something I want to get into as well for Founder after speaking to him. So you're going to get a ton of value from this episode. If you are enjoying these episodes, as I've mentioned before, you know, our podcast is 100% free. We interview some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation. We're talking billionaires, 
multi-billionaires, millionaires, all sorts of insanely successful founders. It's all 100% free. All I ask is like, can you share this with two or three friends that either want to start a business, want to grow a business, want to scale a business? I know that this will help them. And I know that you get so much value if you listen to every single one of these episodes. So guys, if you could share this with your friends, if you could leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening, it would be amazing. All right, guys, that's it from me. Now let's jump into the show. Adam, welcome back. Uh, great to speak to you again, man. I'm, I'm excited to uh, hear everything that's been happening with your brand. Obviously, uh, we interviewed you, well, at least like a year or so ago because you were one of our successful uh, students of one of our courses and um, starting scale. So yeah, like, uh, welcome back, man. Thanks. Good to be back. Yeah. I think it was, you know, mid 2018 or so. It seems like a lifetime ago, but, uh, yeah, great to be back. You know, good to chat again. Yeah. So, um, for context for everyone listening, um, uh, the first question I ask everyone that comes on is, uh, how'd you get your job? How'd I get my job? I got my job by having a crazy idea in the shower. Um, so I mean, long story short, you know, how ballsy kind of started was I was literally in the shower, had one of the shower aha moments and I uh, was looking at all the different products my wife had for personal care. She really had like different products for every area of her body. And I just kind of felt like, Hey, like guys, we have face wash, body wash, like we have all these five in ones, four in ones, like all of these just like not great products or uh, products not for specific needs. Uh, and that's when like the idea of ball wash kind of like jumped in my head. Google search later. And I was like, you know, off to the races with this idea. I'm happy to dive into it, but you know, I'll stop there for, for, for the moment. <laughs> Love it, man. So um, look, you've done exceptionally well. So for anyone that, that needs context, we can go back and uh, listen to Adam's first interview around kind of the background, a little bit of background of the company, how it all started, stuff like that. Um, and I'll, I'll link to the to the show at the start of this. But um, I'm curious kind of where are we at now, man? Like tell us, like because your PR team like pitched us and, uh, you know, like the uh, the guy said to me, hey, like Adam's got a PR team like working for him. He's doing press. He's like, do you want to interview him? I said, yeah, of course. Like I'd love to hear what he's up to. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm trying to think back to, you know, mid-2018, I was still um, working on Ballsy part-time, right? I was still working a full-time job at Google, working Ballsy, um, you know, at nights and weekends and, you know, getting getting that validation and traction really cracking. Um, and then fast forward a little bit, basically made – you know, put my notice in at Google, um, December of 2018, went full-time in January and then, you know, really hit the ground running full-time. I brought on my partner, Brock, who was also working on this part-time. Um, now he's a full-time member. So we're starting to expand the team. I've got two other, you know, great partners. One that helps with our cooking the books, because that's the last thing I want to do is making sure that like the numbers are correct. Um, and he's been great about that. And then another uh, person that helps with cr creative, whose name is Cisco. And then we've got a couple part-time team members that help with customer support. So, you know, the team has really grown. Sales have grown. Um, the product line has grown. I think when we talked last, we only had three products. I think we're up to, you know, depending on how you want to count it, you know, over 10. Um, I mean, there's a lot to dive into there. I don't know what's, you know, specifically you, 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 you know, is the most helpful, but definitely things have changed. We've grown up, you know, a lot as a company, I guess, 
got a PR team now. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's funny that they reached out to you. I was, I didn't know how that happened, but that's, that's great. So they're doing yeah. their job. Yeah. That's awesome. So, well, look, um, it's a crazy time right now. I'd love to just kind of speak to the current now, like how is the business going? Um, have you, like, have you guys been affected? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, um, I'll preface this by saying I just feel incredibly fortunate um, because we've been affected, but in a good way. Um, our sales have really just gone through the roof, um, and I did not expect that at all. I mean, when this started coming out in February, you know, I had to place inventory orders for the future, and it was like one of these very, you know, scary moments of like, all right, well, you, you know, managing cash flow versus like foreseeing the future of what's going to happen. You know, obviously with personal care products, people are going to still take care of themselves, but we're more on the high end, right? Like my fear was somebody going to pay $20 for one of our, you know, uh, ball wash or body wash, or are they going to spend $3 on, you know, a bar of soap, you know, as budgets get tightened. And that's still in the back of my head. Um, but anyways, you know, I placed a PO thinking that we would just stay level. And, uh, as March went on and into April, like things have just like taken off. It's just absolutely crazy. I mean, our, our ad spend or our, our return on ad spend has quadrupled, um, subscriptions have gone through the roof. Average, uh, order value has really gone up. So, We've been very, very fortunate to be on the right side of this right now. And I think, you know, there's probably some reasons that we can dive into about that. But right now, like my biggest concern is just acquiring inventory. Um, you know, things like bottles and pumps and caps right now are just extremely hard to come by. Like supply chain on those types of items is, you know, months out. And we usually like plan our inventory, you know, a few weeks at a, you know, six weeks at a time. Now we're having to look at some things at like three, four months. Yeah. And it's really scary. I mean, we're still bootstrapped. Like, you know, we've we got to manage cash flow and like who knows what's going to happen three, four months from now. Are we going to keep getting the sales that we are now? Or is this going to like kind of peter off? Like once, you know, things change and people get back to work or, you know, really people start to feel potentially, you know, financial constraints. Um, but you know, what am I supposed to do? I got to order it now mm. to hope that it's going to continue to sell and that hopefully not put us in a bad, like financial cash flow. Yeah. Um, so right now, you know, that's, that's the name of the game is, you know, figuring out inventory forecasting, you know, doing our best, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things where I've been extremely happy that we've bootstrapped the company. Um, but, you know, if you had a bunch of VC money behind you, it'd be a lot easier to play inventory a little more, you know, uh, not as not as worried about what you're going to place the order with and have more cushion. Mm. So so tell me, like, let's start with kind of how you're like you said that there's some reasons that we can go into around why the growth, what are you doing to accelerate it and, and all of that side of things. Let's start with that. And then I'd love to see like. And here, how you plan to tackle these kind of supply chain issues and, and what your recommendations are to people in this position right now. Because, yeah, while many businesses have been affected and, you know, at Founder, we're doing everything we can to help support them and put out as much content around this stuff, uh, there are many that are doing really well and they've had an adverse effect. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to hear kind of like what are the reasons for you what, that, that you'd love to dive into? Well, I think one thing that we've really seen take off is um, our subscription products. So like subscriptions have always been pretty steady for us, but like all of a sudden, like we started to see very early on, um, you know, during during kind of when COVID was starting to pop up, like people were more gravity, 
gravitating towards subscriptions, thinking that like it's one thing less that they have to go worry about getting at the store. They can stock up like it's just going to keep coming. Um, and so once we saw that, we really leaned into that. Like we've been sending a lot more email promotion around subscriptions. Um, and we've just been kind of promoting that more as like an option that people should go with. And like our subscription um, business in general has just really seen you know a huge uptick um, from that. And the other piece we've done is like a stock and save. Right. So like we're taking a bunch of different products and instead of buying, you know, one, you know, ball wash or one of our shampoo conditioner, like you can buy like three of each thing together. And then we're giving them a big discount for doing so. So obviously we saw a lot of people wanting to stock up, obviously toilet paper or whatnot, but like there is definitely this stock up mindset and we didn't want to miss that. Um, so we figured we'd reward people for, you know, placing that order now and giving them a big discount. So like those two things, I think alone, it really you know, helped. Um, and then, you know, the last one is we try and engage a lot with our community and, you know, our customers, we've got the, you know, a Facebook group of, you know, our, our ballsy customers. And we just like keep these relationships, you know, open and communication and dialogue throughout all of this. And I think they know that like, they can trust us to get the products that they're ordering. Uh, they know who we are. Like we're not some like faceless brands, you know, and, and like that, like personal touch that we've kind of developed over the years is really, I think, you know, come to help here yeah wow that's interesting so how have you added your customers to a facebook group and and how often do you engage and what kind of content are you producing for them yeah so uh it's a few days so it's a clavio like automatic flow it's like an automation a few days after a, a customer places an order uh, we basically follow up with, you know, hey, like we'd love to, you know, keep the conversation growing, uh, join our Facebook group for exclusive offers. So we give discounts and promotions um, to those customers, um, you know, exclusive early access. So we actually have a hand sanitizer coming out um, in, a, oh. in a couple of weeks, which I'm super yeah. stoked about. Wow. I got I got to I got to show it to you. So like. Oh, it's, it's, it's cool. called. Yeah, it's called the Plague Slayer. So <laughs> really pumped about this. So we gave them early access to sign up to make sure like they got some first. So we have all these benefits of joining the Facebook group, a link. So a lot of that, you know, initial, I guess, Facebook group people signing up is from that automated Clavio flow. And then once they get in there, um, you know, I try and post contests and, you know, fun things, you know, once a week. I mean, sometimes I'm, you know, on it, sometimes, you know, it falls off, unfortunately. Uh, but like last week, we've got some like custom ballsy pillows. And so I put up a, you know, a leave a comment of, well, one, the contest was you're lounging around the house. Hopefully this will make it a little more comfortable, but leave a comment with, with what is the first thing you're going to do once you can get out. So it was really cool because we had all these inspiring messages from like, we're getting married to like, I'm going to see my family. And it was just really cool to like, get the group, like talking about like something positive. Um, so we do things like that or, you know, post sneak peeks of new products before they come out. And, uh, it's been fun. Yeah, well, that's awesome. That's really cool. So so you're really fostering your community and from there you can um test ideas, you can do all sorts of things. Yeah, we do polls on like, hey, what would you guys like to see next? Which product or, you know, what what scent is your favorite or, you know, what product is the one that you could couldn't live without. So we get a lot of fun and interaction around polls and some market feedback pretty quickly in there, <clears throat> which is which has been, you know, invaluable for sure. Yeah, wow, that's super smart. And um, in terms of customer acquisition, what are your top channels? I know when we last spoke, um, you're doing quite well on Facebook. Is that still 
a really strong channel for you? Where have you diversified? Uh, have you diversified out? Like, what do you? Yeah, yeah. So Facebook and Instagram still are our primary driver, um, and luckily, like I said, our ROAS and both of those channels have really gone up. I mean, I haven't seen as good of like return on ad spend since like we launched the company. It's yeah, it's wow. been really it's been really good. Um, so those are the two primary drivers. We've also done a little bit of testing in um, like long tail podcasts. Oh. So I, I know a lot of brands are starting to do podcast advertising, but we're like more going after like the smaller, um, you know, long tail podcasts. Um, and that's done pretty well. Um, we, we use a, a platform called Podcorn. Um, we Podcorn. actually, how do you spell Podcorn. that? Yeah. P-O-D corn. C-O. Oh. It's kind of like popcorn. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, so I was before, you know, ballsy and everything. I was at a company called Famebit, which did this for YouTube, you know, YouTube influencers that's at, you know, the long tail. Yes. And uh, since then, that founder has gone on to start Podcorn. So uh-huh. now doing it for podcasting. So really cool service. We've been using them to do some advertising as well and um, seen some really good results there. Oh, um, really? And then, yeah. yeah. So I it's interesting. Choose. So there's two different ways. So they have a like a self-service marketplace where you can say like, hey, I'm a brand. Here's who I am. Um, here's my budget. And here's kind of what I'm looking for. And then you get podcasters <clears throat> submitting you uh, proposals say like, all right, for 50 bucks, like here's my audience. Here's how many people here's like, it'll be a pre-roll ad, which is at the beginning of the podcast, whatever. And then you can choose. So you get a bunch of submissions and you can choose, or, you know, if you've got a slightly higher budget, you basically have somebody on the podcorn team where you tell them what you want and then they deliver you a list and then you can kind of go through the list, but they manage it more for you. And what kind of CPMs do you are you are you dealing with? Um, got it. I can't remember what their their most recent CPM is. I think it's like ten bucks. Um, so it's not, you know, it's not super cheap. It's not super expensive. Um, you know, it really depends. And especially in the self service model, you can say like, hey, like I'll pay you fifty bucks per like read, and like you get some stuff all over the board. You know, yeah. you get some larger podcasts that have never advertised before and you get some guys that overvalue, undervalue. So it's really up to you to kind of go in there and, uh, you know, poke around. Yeah, I see. Would you recommend to people as an alternative channel though? I would. I think, um, you know, with all new channels, right? Like you, you got to test, right? And yeah. I think what's cool about what they're doing is you can test at a, at a pretty small budget. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, for us, we did a, you know, on our first managed campaign, we did 5k, which, you know, is, 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 I guess not a, it's, it's a medium amount of budget, but you can go on there for 500 bucks. Right. And like, you know, hire a bunch of different ones. Um, but what I'll say is when we did the 5k campaign, we did a bunch of different types of podcasts, right? Like we wanted to test just different kinds of things like humor, sports. And the one that came out that I wouldn't have expected was true crime. Like true crime podcast for us, like just killed it. Really? Um, And I I think it's because it has a female audience. And when we were running them, it was around Valentine's day. And like, you know, it was a good gift moment um, for a female audience. So what I was going to say is like, try and test, you know, whatever your budget is, try and test a a bunch of different uh, podcasts because you just never know. And, you know, hearkening back to when we first launched the company and, uh, you know, I think we think we covered this in the first episode, but if somebody hadn't heard it, when I launched our first Facebook ads, you know, a bunch of different ad sets set up and, you know, maybe I didn't think through this well enough, but like I was all targeting guys, like 
I'm like, guys are going to buy the product. Like this is a guy's product. And it was all different types of guy audiences. And we had one female audience. And that one female audience was the one that just like went, went off. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, you know, that, that one ad set just really changed the trajectory of the business. And, you know, luckily, like I found that out, like really, you know, early on when we first launched, but uh, you know, again, like you got to really think through these things, try some different things, test it out because, you know, you never know. It's sometimes the one that you, you overlook. That's the one that's the winner. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy like that. Like you just don't, sometimes you think and put yourself in the mind of your customer because you think your customer is you. Yeah. And then, and it's like a really, really like kind of amateur kind of move to make. Cause it might not, it you might not think like your customer. So yeah, no, that's really, that's a really good realization to have. Um, so I've, I've got to dive deeper on this cause this sounds awesome. Like we might even try them for, for founder. Like we've never, never done anything go. like this. How many podcasts did you work with for $5,000? Like a rough estimate. Yeah, I would say we did um, 30 to like 40. Yeah, wow. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, like I said, I mean, they're all, you know, long tail. I mean, they're, they're smaller podcasts that have like, you know, pretty niche audience. Um, you know, I think it's it's going to be proven out over time. But I think, again, like right when YouTube influencers launched and Instagram influencers launched, it's the ones that have like the tight knit community of like, a few thousand people that like seem to convert more, right? Like it's always sexy to go after like the bigger YouTuber and like the big numbers, but like for us and you know, we're not everyone, of course, um, results may vary. Like they just haven't worked well for us. And I've always been gun shy to like really spend a lot on that. So we've got, we go after a long tail and, and for us it's, it's worked pretty well. Yeah. That's super smart. So, um, Obviously, you've got a really. You said you got a really good ROAS. Um, you don't have to talk about that, but I'm curious, what kind of uh, CTAs? Like, do you just rec- Do you have a coupon code, and what do you recommend? Mid roll and pre roll, or just one, or, or what have you found? So CTA, that's always a coupon code. Um, you know, I, I think that's the best way. And, you know, honestly, like one of the only, only ways to really kind of track that, obviously, you know, you could put a link in the show notes, but I mean, geez, I just don't know how many people really click the links in the show notes that much. I know again, like maybe being average removed, like that's just never anything I've done. So I assume that many people won't also do that. Um, so I think coupon code is great. Um, and then when you're also running them, I think it's just important to look at overall lift right? Like, are you also seeing a spike? Because not everyone's going to get caught in either, you know, the link in the, in the notes or the coupon code, but if everything's kind of steady and we try and run like a steady state on everything else, when we're testing something different, you know, over like a, you know, two week time span or a one week time span. And that way we can say, all right, we can reasonably attribute this lift to like this new thing that we were running. Um, and again, like it's not as easy as tracking when you're, you know, doing, um, Facebook ads or, you know, email marketing, it's very like, you know, attributable, but, um, that's kind of the way that we've done it. Um, in terms of, you know, pre-roll mid-roll, I, I, I don't know. I don't think there's like a one size fits all answer. I've had people tell me that mid rolls better than pre-roll, you know, pre-roll. I like to get up from the front, you know, but a lot of people skip the first like minute of a podcast, you know, yeah. because they've already like become kind of preconditioned to like, you know, all right, there's going to be some ads. I better skip this mid roll. They're engaged and they kind of listen through more. I don't know. Um, so I can't say, you know, with certainty on, on either one, but I can see both sides. 
So you did for all of them? Did you do both? Yeah, we locked it up to the up to the uh, the podcaster. Got you. And then the one thing that we did do is we did, I believe, most of those podcasts did three reads. Yep. Uh, you know, um, over the course of you know three episodes, I think anytime you're doing one read and one episode, or you know one shout out and one thing, it's just it's just it's just hard. Like you really got to get, especially now. I think customers and consumers are just like they're more apt to like just blind out over that stuff. Like back in the day, like it was like, Ooh, what's this new YouTuber like talking about? Like, cool. Yeah. But now, now everyone's like hawking stuff, right? And everyone's talking yeah. about stuff. So you really got to be like there a couple times before the customer or consumer is like, they, they trust that like, this isn't just a one-off paid thing that you just are hawking because you're getting paid. Right. Uh, at least that's the way that I look at it is, uh, you know, get a few consistent posts from that same person to make it feel like it's, you know, they're actually really, you know, they're, they're bought in more than one pay for post. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, that's really cool. Thanks for sharing, man. So um, what else is working? So you said, you know, uh, Facebook ads, uh, are you scaling up? Uh, if we had the inventory, I would. Um, mm. Right now, like we actually just had to turn off all of our inventory. I mean, uh, we were actually moving fulfillment warehouses and we had a little snafu with the inventory count and we had oversold about 1800 oh. orders. Oh, um, yeah. So this week has not been, you know, the, the smoothest of all weeks, you know, there's no simple changes in anything, you know, it's like, Oh, this is going to go easy. I don't know. It's never gone easy for me, <laughs> but yeah. we're, so we're figuring that out. So we've turned off all the ads and we're trying to get caught up on those customer orders. Um, you know, I think the one thing I'll note there is we've had plenty of, let's say plenty, because that sounds ridiculous, but like several times in the business where like things happen, right? Like mm. we had a um, distribution center in the middle of winter lose power for a couple of days, like a USPS, like wow. distribution center. And we lost hundreds of orders, right? Like oh they just stopped God. getting scanned and uh, we had no idea what happened. So we get in all these customers emailing us being like, where's my order? You know, Christmas is coming. So we just started sending out, I want to say we sent out like another 650 orders. And yeah, then wow. all of a sudden these orders start popping up and we found out like the, the USPS, like, uh, center got back online, like did a really poor job of communicating what happened. So we double sent everything. So yeah, there's been wow. things like that, like, you know, running out of inventory, like things going, uh, missing. And the one thing that has never failed us and it seems so simple is just being proactive. Like mm. we, like we pull a list of everyone that was affected. I emailed them, you know, a personal, I put my personal email on it. Like yeah, I'm the wow. founder directly here's a 30 percent off coupon code if we you know and in some instances we refund their shipping like and we've always always done that and it's as obvious as that seems to me like i've i've got two brands in the back of my mind that i won't name that i've ordered stuff from that i'm still waiting on and i haven't heard from in you know two weeks yeah, and it's wow. just like i know right now things are crazy right with covid and you know even just once you get it to, you know, the USPS or FedEx, it's taking longer, mm. but just communicate over communicate. Like I can't tell like out of all the emails. So I sent out, it was like 600. I got probably 50 responses. I'd say 45 of those were like, thank you so much for letting me know. Really appreciate it. Stay safe guys. No worries. Mm. You know? And like, to me, like those are going to be customers long-term or at least I yeah, hope they're 
And then, you know, you get, you know, get three that are just irate and you, you know, you just got to deal with them and maybe refund a little bit more. And then, you know, two like are in the middle. Right. Yeah. But, um, I think it's scary. You know, I still get scared when I'm like, Oh my, you know, I'm going to send out an email to hundreds of people that are going to potentially be mad. They have my email, but I think most people just want to know that like they haven't been forgotten or they're not getting scammed or, you know, something you know, they've lost their money, you know? And I think there's so many Instagram brands and it, everyone's been burnt now once, right? Mm. They've ordered something from a company that they thought was shipping from us, the us it's drop shipping. It's taken forever. Yeah. And now people, they're gun shy, you know, yeah, they really are. Yeah, they are. So I think it's the brands that take the extra time to like put themselves out there. Um, and not are afraid to do that, that are, you know, going to, going to do more, you know, do better in the long run. Yeah, no, that's a really good takeaway. So, um, um, yeah, look, it, in many ways, this is a quality problem to have, but what are you doing on the supply chain side? How are you like stocking up? Like, let's talk about that. What do you plan to do there, man? Cause this is, this is a challenge some people will face and yeah. are facing. Yeah. I mean, I wish I had some, you know, magical answer for you, but what we're trying to do is, you know, we're calling every supplier that we could possibly find. Like our manufacturer is doing a very good job, like calling in favors, resources, things like that. Um, something that we have done is I've paid like a bonus to people to run, get my stuff in first. Yeah. Like, wow. Like I just paid, you know, like I, I, you know, I don't put the figure on it, but like I just paid um, a company to get our um, tubes for one of our products moved up four weeks. Yeah. Because wow. like, like we need it. So like, you know, if you can like money talks, you know, and I think yeah. this is also a time where like having good relationships and like not just having somebody that supplies your stuff, but mm. like a relationship with that person where like they feel like they're part of your business. Um, if that's possible, um, that's very important to do. Like we look at all of our suppliers as like partners, not just like, Hey, here's my bottle order send me yeah. bottles. Like we've, we've developed this over time and that takes time. Um, and then the last one that we're trying to do is just look at other options. Like, you know, our 16 ounce Boston round black bottle. Like if we can't get that, but we can get another 16 ounce bottle that's, you know, dark Amber or a different shapes slightly, like you got to roll with the punches and like yeah. this, you know, like it, it sucks because you, you spend so much time, like getting the product the way you want it. And, uh, you know, even our, this is, this is more important, but like we have this sack pack, right? It's got an insert, which perfectly fits our three products, but yeah. the one, the one bottle like could be out for a couple months. So what do we do? Like, do I just say, you know, I'm not going to wait, I'm going to wait, or am I going to get a different bottle, not put it in that box, you know, apologize to customers and, you know, move on. And that's what we're going to do. So mm. you kind of got to just roll with the punches and, you know, sometimes it's not ideal, but we're doing whatever we can. Like I'd rather, you know, get the products in people's hands. And again, I think right now most people are just happy that they're getting the products they are and they're understanding, you yeah. know, everyone's, de everyone's dealing with something right now. Um, so those are kind of the three ways we're trying to combat it. And what I'm really worried about is just Christmas, right? Like some of these things, like I'm starting to hear, I need to like place Christmas PO, like for, uh, components like in July and wow. man, to forecast what the world's going to look like then. And we always ramp like 10 X for holidays. Like it's just a huge part in our business. I am terrified. <laughs> like, you know, what are we going to do? So that one I'm currently losing sleep over. Um, I don't have any answers for that, but trying to what just do what thinking? we can right. 
what we're what I'm thinking is a uh, you know uh, what I'm trying to do is this I'm I'm trying to negotiate to where I could play uh, I could pay a deposit like a smaller deposit on those components. Yeah, gotcha. Like yeah, not paying the full amount up front if I'm going to do it this far out. Like maybe it's half of what that is. Um, yeah. So that's what I'm that's what I'm working on now, and I'm trying not to panic right now. Just putting out the immediate fires of you know this this you know this couple of weeks and and switching fulfillments and whatnot. But we'll get there. Yeah, luckily, yeah, man, yeah. One luckily step at a time. You know, yeah, I mean, luckily it's only April. You know, end of April right now, but uh, uh, it's stressful for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good problem to have. Well. Like, I ha- I hate, you know, I, I feel like I hate complaining about this type of stuff and I'm not complaining. It's just like, it's the best problem in the world to have. And, you know, anyone that has these types of problems or man, that's a great problem. And, and I hope everyone, you know, can, you know, doesn't run into these issues, but, uh, not complaining at all about it. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. No, it's part I, of it. Yeah. You know, you got to yeah. roll, roll with all the punches. You never know what's going to happen next. That's for sure. Yeah. 110%. So Look, um, I'm curious as well. You said, uh, so we talked about Facebook ads, which led us to you've kind of turned them off because you've got some supply chain issues, which, you know, is totally understandable, totally normal um, in this current climate. Uh, So I'm curious around kind of Instagram and organic. What are you doing there? Like, uh, um, I assume you're not sending to influencers anymore, uh, but. Uh, I'm going to assume you were, what did that look like? Yeah. So we've pretty much, at least for this week, and I'm really hoping by, you know, in a few days we'll be able to turn things back on, but like we've turned off Facebook, Instagram, Google ads, our email marketing, like we have emails scheduled and that aren't going out. So like, we're like full faucet. Like I really don't want to drive people to a bad experience. If we got a, like to me, I'm ripping the bandaid off. Like let's just yeah. full stop it, get our stuff together and like come back, um, you know, hopefully in, in a week or so, like with our stuff in order. Um, as far as influencers go, uh, you know, we've got, we've got a decent amount of just ongoing influencer um, relationships. And, and those are the ones like, you know, I was kind of talking about before, like people that just post for us every month, mm. they're continuing to kind of do what they are. Um, you know, like we're on a monthly retainer with them. So they're just going to do what they're, yeah, they're just going to do what they're going to do. Um, you know, and unfortunately some stuff is sold out, but it's just a pain to like email all those people and, you know, and tell them not to, and it it really hasn't, you know, we have some things on the, on the store, right. But I'm not going to like pay more to get people to a half full store. Yeah. So we're kind of, we're kind of letting that ride um, right now, but everything that we can control pretty quickly and easily turn on, turn off. Like we're doing that. Yeah. Got you. And tell me about like influences on retainer. How come? Um, yeah. How come you're doing that? Like, how come you're not like, how come you're just not paying a one off versus yeah. Having people as kind of long-term ambassadors or yeah. Why, why is that? I think, you know, it goes back to what I was saying earlier of like, influencers posting several times like their audience being like man like xyz influencer really does like ballsy like they use it Mm. all the time and you know like on the third month the guy you know the person watching this might be like all right like they're still talking about this i might give it a, a shot right yeah and it just feels more authentic and like better for our brand for some reason. And like, again, like we were like long tail influencers. We work with a lot of, um, athletes, people in MMA and while they're also doing, you know, trying to drive sales, like we just get a lot of cool content from them that we 
that we can repurpose. And I don't know, I, I look to like a lot of our influencer relationships or the people that we've kind of stuck on with, with have been people that have came to us and just said, Hey, like, I love what you guys are doing. How can I get involved? And those are the people that we've just like got on a retainer. We're like, great. Like this is, this is what we can do, you know, and every month you'll get this and this is what we expect. And again, we have a small team, right? And I think influencer marketing is one of those things. If you're going to do it well, it takes a lot of effort of managing, making sure people are posting, saying the right thing. They've got yeah. the updated coupon codes. Like, are they doing like positioning it the right way? So for us, I always thought like if people came to us, they showed interest, like one, like they've kind of already cleared this hurdle of like, they knew who we are. They're kind of into it. We'll gauge how into it they are. We'll send them the products if they really like it. Cool. We'll move on. And then we kind of set it and forget it. Like we let them do their thing. And they're kind of off to the races. And, um, you know, we have one guy that helps manage some of these relationships because he's, he's, um, he oversees a few of them, which is great. Um, but I guess what I'd say is I think doing influencer marketing correctly, um, takes a lot of effort. Like it's a human business, right? Like, yeah, you got like, you, you, there's a human component to it. Like, and like when I send you a product, like maybe, you know, you got sick that week and then you didn't post it. And then the next week goes by and you forget about it. And like, then as a brand, I got to email you and say, Hey, Nathan, my post, what happened? Oh, I forgot. Or my camera broke or I've heard every excuse in the book. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people have worked with influencers have, and maybe can relate to this. So, um, influencer marketing is, is not or has not been like a huge piece of our business. It's more been this organic thing that we've kind of like harnessed and then built relationships with those people um, and let them kind of continue to go and grow. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. But the key part there that you mentioned in passing is the content. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think I'm glad you called that out. I mean, I think earlier on, I looked at influencer marketing as more of like a direct ROI play. Yeah. Um, I, and well, I think that's great. And obviously everyone wants ROI. Like you want the return on investment. You want to know every dollar you put in, like, you know, you expect something back out. Um, uh, but I look at it now as well. I think probably more so as like the content that you get back, right? Like and the content being like what you can also, you know, repurpose. Like, so again, we work with a lot of these fighters and MMA guys and they take these awesome photos in their gym wearing like ballsy trunks. And like that to me, even if it doesn't drive any sales, like just makes the brand like look cool and big. And like, you know, we repurpose that stuff in emails and like we repost it on our, um, on our Instagram. So yeah. just like good, good quality content. And, the way that I look at it as well is like if we were going to hire a photographer to like go create content, which, you know, we do from time to time, like that all costs money as well. So yeah. you kind of got to look at the influencer as like not only driving sales, like a sales channel, but also like, you know, driving or creating content. Like they are content creators at the end of the day. Yeah, 110% because and uh, you will find probably I'm going to assume that some of your best converting creative or your best bottom of funnel retargeting stuff is influencer created content right yep yeah i think it's yeah. um it's like that ugc like you know user generated yeah. style like like little videos or or um photos that really do seem to resonate um we've we've definitely seen that with all of our ads on facebook you know repurposing that as ads i think is um a great move yeah no that's awesome um so look we have to work towards wrapping up man i'm mindful of your time as well and i've got to jump into my next interview soon but question around kind of product positioning and brand positioning because when we spoke you were kind of really focused as 
a one product company. Uh, you were called Ball Wash. Now you've kind of kind of made that slight tweak. You've got this parent now, which is Ballsy, which is genius, by the way. Like this is a really smart move because sometimes companies they they start and they brand around the one product, but then they realize that it kind of handicaps them. And you've kind of branched out, branched out, and you've got not just ball wash, you've got all sorts of other things. So tell us that about that evolution. Like you said, you had your, you know, your shorts and all sorts of things. So like, like, uh, tell us about that evolution and how people can work through that. Cause I think that's really smart what you've done there. Thanks. Yeah. It's been, um, so basically when, when we launched, I thought it was just very important to be very diligent about the amount of SKUs that we had. Like we had, we had two yeah. SKUs. We, we had a cologne and we had, we had a wash. Like it was a no brainer for anyone to show up to our site and be like, I want this. I don't want this. There wasn't a bunch of things to kind of look through. And like, we could focus all of our efforts, attention, marketing content around those two products yeah, and get those in the hands, so like kind of getting those hero products moving. And for the first man, almost two years of the business, we only had three products. We added like a spray, um, and I really just wanted to like simplify the product offering. So again, like people come to the site, they know what it is, they know what they want. Like we were focusing on below the belt care, like, and these yeah. are the products for for that area. Very simple, right? Um, that said, like as a as we got traction and people, you know, started to buy it, and then people started to ask about other products. Um, you know, I thought, could this be more than just like you know? A, a balls company, right? Can this be like a more mm. substantial, substantial men's personal care brand? You know, will people buy shampoo, conditioner, deodorant, you know, body wipes, all of these other things from us? Um, so we slowly worked towards that. So we spent about a year sampling and, um, you know, getting new products right for which we launched, um, at the end of last year. So two full years of, three products, right? Like yeah, we didn't wow. rush into this. And I think, you know, early on it was like, Oh my gosh, we have all this traction. Like, let's get a bunch of new SKUs out there. Um, because it's, an, it's enticing, right? Like you've yeah. got sales, you know, like let's get some new stuff out there. But like we want Yeah. But for us, like, look, I think our brand is different in the fact that like, we've got products called ball wash, sack spray, nut rub, like yeah. our stuff could be viewed as a joke or a gag, right? And there's still people that kind of view it that way, but like we take our products and our brand very seriously. So we knew that like product quality is paramount, right? Like yeah. and getting good quality like products is not uh, an easy thing, right? Like we sampled a shampoo and conditioner for eight or nine months before we put it out. Right. Yeah, wow. Like the actual, like how good it worked and like the way it smelled and the way that it feels and foams up and like the way it looks like there's a million different things that go into each product. If you really care about like what you're going to put out, like I could have took a off the shelf thing and like white labeled it and been like, all right, ballsy shampoo. Yeah. Right. And we, we didn't want to do that. And, and again, I think it goes back to like for our brand, like we don't ever want to be perceived as like a gag. Right. And we do get people on our Facebook ads like, Hey, I bought this as a joke for my husband. But the best part about that is the follow-up is now it's his favorite product and he absolutely loves this. Like they don't see it coming. Right. Like it's this Trojan yeah. horse of like, get him with the humor. Like that's our edge, our unique kind of value prop that gets people laughing and commenting on Facebook and sharing that always has been. But if the product shows up, and it's less than quality, like 
you know, I wouldn't, I don't think we'd be here talking today. Like we had some really good early traction and like we've doubled, you know, every, you know, yearly since then. But I think that comes back to like the product quality. So we were very diligent about like what we did. And that's kind of a long winded answer for that. Um, but every product we put out, put out, we really care, you know, how well it works and the way it looks. And we've just been slow and, and steady about it. And, um, it's, it's paid off so far. And I think that's, you know, good, good advice for, you know, a decent amount of brands. Um, definitely not one size fits all. Um, but for us, it's worked pretty good. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing, man. So in terms of product development, like what does that look like? So if you want to create another product or you think that there's something somewhere in a vertical or, or in your vertical, um, how do you work that out? Do you start with the Facebook group and polls or do you start with an email survey or do you look at customer support? Are you still doing customer support and asking, looking at the the patterns? Cause it's all about pattern recognition. Like, like how's that work? Yeah. For us, I think, you know, early feedback, early ideas, you know, we've obviously have some ideas of our own, right. And then yeah. we're always listening to what customers are saying, you know, through support, through the group. Um, we, you know, from time to time we'll send out a survey as well. Uh, just to kind of gain feedback on the brand and uh, at large and then what products people will, will look for. Um, and then when we look at products, we're always, you know, how do we do it differently? How do we, yeah. you know, like, like this, this product that's done really well for us recently is called ball guard, right? It's, it's a lotion that dries as a powder. And a lot of guys use powder on their groin oh. area for sweating and chafing. Yes. So it's like, how do, how do you do that a little differently? Like, well, powder is a mess, right? It's it's just not fun to deal with, and it's hard to apply. So we worked um, with our manufacturer to develop this easy to apply lotion that dries as a powder, and like that stuff doesn't happen overnight. So we try and always look at products in the market, yeah, um, products that people have asked for, yep. and then like how how do we do them differently? Like and like uh, you know even this you know the hand sanitizer I was kind of showing you, like yeah, it's hand sanitizer, but like the brand is different on this one, right? Like yeah, the really colors, cool. different. like, like the nozzles different. Like, so like while hand sanitizer can only have a certain amount of ingredients to be FDA compliant, like, you know, we could have just put ballsy hand sanitizer, but it was like, let's call it plague slayer. Let's get an artist to draw like this fun thing where he's slaying germs on it. And, uh, you know, it kind of develops. So we're always looking at ways to kind of do things a little bit differently. Yeah, um, no, I love that. And, and ballsy, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, look, it's all about having unique value propositions for each of your products, um, you know, changing the dimension if you can. That's awesome, man. So, look, last question is um, what's exciting for you right now and where's the best place people can find out more about yourself and ballsy? Yeah, so uh, people can reach out to me, adam at ballsybrand.com. The website is ballwash.com or ballsybrand.com. Follow us on Instagram at ballwash. Some th- I know it's confusing. Some things are ballwash. Some things are ballsy. You know, yeah, when, when you switch your name, up, you know, like certain things are available or not. So anyways, we'll get there. So hopefully that's fine. But again, you can reach me at Adam at Ballsy Brand if anyone wants to connect. Um, and then, yeah, excited about, oh man, just getting through, you know, uh, this whole COVID thing and hopefully, you know, being able to get inventory and continue to expand the product line. Um, I think the other thing that we're really looking at is hopefully when retail opens back up, um, we have been 95% direct consumer. I mean, maybe even, you know, higher to date and 
in January, we brought on a um, agency to help us get into retail. And in, we saw some just immediate like excitement around getting into retail. And then all of this happened. So I'm excited to see kind of one, like does, how does retail come back to how do we fit into it? I think there's you know a lot for us to unlock there. Um, but yeah, I think a lot to look forward to. And um, yeah, there, there always is when you're running a brand, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Awesome. Well, look, thank you so much for your time, man. You've been extremely generous with everything that you've shared and it's so great to see you building this brand. And I'm, I feel honored that, that founder can play a, a very, very small part in helping you in some way, shape or form. So yeah, congratulations on all your success and thanks so much for your time, man. Thanks, Nathan. I appreciate you and uh, the founder team. You guys have always been awesome. So thanks. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.